What up, though? Yo, growing up, I only ever had two constants in my life. My granddad's basement and my granddad's basement. There's something you can ride to, something you can vibe to, something you can chill to, something you can smoke to, something that'll make you think, something that'll make you feel good. I'm just a dude from a trailer park trying to figure out the universe. How deep you want to go? 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 Don't be sitting up on the ball. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the basement. As always, been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. And I don't even, I don't even got no new new fly shit to put out i'm just overcoming some technical difficulties i just uh reorganized the studio the basement i'm sitting it's irrelevant to you i'm about to say you can't see the room but i've sat the chair of the seat uh the chair in which i sit to record a podcast uh has been in two spots of the room and right now it's pretty like much in the center of the room but that's where it started however i'm facing a different direction i reorientated things uh we started off in like the middle of the room and then i moved to like the it was middle right and then i moved to like middle front and now i moved to right uh right corner right front corner of the room and just kind of trying stuff out as I continue to to gain perspective and you know some of the things that are hanging up in here I've never like been able to sit back and and see how it looks looking at it from from this perspective and I like to do that even though that sounds silly but give myself a new perspective even you know you can talk to somebody you know you can take a lecture or listen to a podcast uh, you know and 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 learn learn something or maybe you have a coach you know or you know your 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 parents maybe you're you're raising young kids you have to coach but give give and gain perspective throughout life but also down on a fine scale to the literal sense of the word like let me give myself a new look you know because i didn't necessarily like the way i was set up before you know we tried it i liked it never loved it and uh, let's uh Let's flip it up. Let's take it to a new spot. But I just came. Uh, just came. I got a free coffee on accident. I I ordered a, a a latte, and I may or may not have said iced. However, I was not asked, so I got handed a hot latte this morning, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted iced. Like that's probably my bad." And they were so cool about it. Just so cool about it. Like, oh, it's okay. We're literally just gonna throw it away. Like, don't don't worry about don't worry about this at all. Like, it happens every day. I was like, okay, like it made me feel really good about it. Like, and even though it was like it was everyone's, it was I, I would say like there's a there's a sense of accountability within everything you do. Like, not everything necessarily may be your direct fault, but you may have had a hand in it so maybe it's five percent your fault like yeah i could or should have done that but really it was this person's responsibility to get it done i'm not taking full accountability like yes i could have done this uh but this one was kind of like a 50 50 like i didn't i didn't ask uh uh for an iced latte and i may have but i didn't you know let's say i didn't she also didn't verify she she went through the computer prompts and why would why would anybody want a hot latte on a hundred degree day in arizona anyways i cannot I cannot fathom the weather, the weather, it broke for like three, four days and came right back up into the hundreds. It was weird. Like we hit, 
it was mid and low 90s for like two, three days. And then I looked at the forecast after that. Because one day it was really hot. I was like, man, why is it so hot? Let me check out what's going on. Bam. Trip, 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 triple digit temperatures for uh, for over a week. And I haven't looked at it in about a week. So as we get ready to roll into into the next week to, to kick some ass and, and go get it, keep our heads up, be bu- buffalo strong, going against the grain. Um, uh, let's get ready for what's coming. <laughs> oh, stupid. But no, uh, all things all things are good. But that was good service. That made me think, though. That made me think of... Uh, I went to go get a tattoo one time, and if y'all don't know, I got, I don't know if we've, we've talked a little bit about tattoos on the show, but I've never gone real, real in-depth about tattoos and tattooage, tattooers, tattooees, uh, that lifestyle. I, I really, I really dig it. I got my first tattoo at the age of 16, uh, just in, uh, where were we? I was in somebody's kitchen uh, for like 20 bucks, and it was just a little, little tiny Superman tattoo just real real thin like easy cover up kinda because later on in life I did I add I didn't cover it up I added to it my senior year of high school and that's where the problems really began in my tattoo life and making uh, habitual bad decisions over and over again with tattoos and even sometimes individuals so to talk about perspective like realize what you're doing when you're doing it and you know give your children the, the best ability to do so as well to analyze a situation that you're in but anyways this dude I added some shit to that tattoo and it was just so it was just fucked up man so then i was like 18 ish then 17 18 and when i was 21 we started covering that up but it was like pretty fucked up and took up some space and yeah and it's actually it's a good cover-up but it was scarred as well like you shouldn't bleed too much during a tattoo especially if you're sober and you're not legally allowed to get tattoos if you're inebriated a tattoo artist in the state of minnesota can lose their license if they tattoo somebody who's inebriated i remember walking into a tattoo shop one time i was tailgating at a university of minnesota uh military appreciation (laughs) day game uh i don't even remember who they played it was a big 10 matchup I, i think I think it might have been Iowa. It might have been like a big, uh, uh, a, a prevalent Big Ten, Big Twelve matchup. No, it's the, it's still the Big Ten. There's a Big Ten and the Big Twelve, but the Big Ten has like eleven or twelve teams, and the Big Twelve has like thirteen teams or something like that. Shit's gotten crazy as as the years have gone by. But I got, I was, my son had, my first son had just been born. He was like two, three, four months old, like real, real young, and I just. I dipped. I went tailgating for a full day. Showed up at the crib, just blackout, inebriated, drunk. Uh, passed out on the floor, just like right when I got there. Um, probably woke up, crawled my way to the bed later in the middle of the night. Um, how did I get there? <laughs> Football tailgating from tattoos. Oh, but I stumbled into the tattoo shop after that. So where we went after the football game, we went to go get something to eat. It was right next to my the, my favorite tattoo artist shop. So I rolled in a holler at them. If they, I couldn't imagine them like them tattooing me that day, like they should lose their license if you tattoo somebody like that on that day. But I walked into a tattoo shop. Speaking of realizing the situation and being in the moment, like I got, I've been getting tattooed since I was 16 years old and I really haven't stopped. I've got tattoos for 20 years regularly. And I roll into this tattoo shop and it's, 
if you'd really take a glance at me, just a dude, if I'm just wearing a t-shirt, if I'm wearing jeans and a t-shirt on a regular Minnesota day, all right, you might, you cannot tell I'm like, I'm tatted up. Like you can't, but like on a hot yard work day, like a tank top side slit shirt all the way down or at a pool party or something like, oh damn, Daniel is tatted the fuck up. Like you, people don't even realize it. And even almost my, my, uh, the lower half of my right arm, that, that lower part of the half sleeve, like it kind of blends a little bit. I don't know how much it really stands out. Well, we'll see as time prevails, but I walk into this tattoo shop, Megan had wrote a little heart. She just was drawing on me for whatever reason this day. First and only time she had ever done that. We've been together for a a while at this point, years, multiple years. This is after we met in Arizona. She came to Minnesota. We actually broke up for a little bit. She came back to Arizona, then back to Minnesota on a quick pit stop on some freak shit. Just me on some some weird life, anxiety, depression, steroid bullshit, like transitioning off active duty mind, not right, like on some just non-stable, like in the mental space. A lot of just... I was on uneven ground. I was real lack of understanding of self at the moment, not being in the moment and realizing just past, present and future all just in moments. And I've been there before. I've shown these behaviors before and been able to spot those out in my life with 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 women, with with friends. Like it's weird with my parents, like all the situations. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, so after kind of all our bullshit we were settling down before we were married before we had kids but so we're together you know three and a half four years at this point and she drew a heart on my finger right on one of the one of my knuckles and she's never drawn on me before it was just a very out of character moment just in general like i and i write on my hands like i take notes to remember stuff I'll, things will make it to the back of my hand but a lot of people are not like that and in fact i only know a couple other people that do that like me plus a couple like I know three people in life including myself that do that and there's I'm sure there's there's plenty more but but anyway she wrote a heart on my knuckle and I went to the tattoo shop to get it tattooed on me and they come out and I'm like most shop minimums they're going to be 50 or 60 bucks that's the the standard shop minimum around Minneapolis and St. Paul the Twin City tattoo scene and the girl comes out, the front desk girl is like, hey, um, just to walk in, do you have anybody available? She's like, yeah, what were you looking to get done? I'm like, just this. And I held out my hand. She's like, oh, just, just a touch up? I'm like, nope, that's a pen written on. I just want to get it. I just, stop bumping the mic, dude. I just want to get um, this tattooed, all right? You don't, I'll just a quick, all you got to do is spray it real quick for to clean it, a little antiseptic, and tattoo it real quick. I'll be in and out of here, five minutes, single needle. Uh, and a little bit of ink, man. We're good here. She's like, okay. And she comes back. It'll be eighty dollars. I was like, and maybe I did not had just said this, but I, I was like, what's the shop minimum? She told me sixty. I was like, all right, cool. Then I told her what I wanted. She comes back. She's like, eighty bucks. I'm like, well, you said the shop minimum was sixty. She's like, yeah, but it's a finger tattoo. We charge uh, eighty because it requires touch ups. I'm like, says who? Like, I, I was like, look, we're gonna sit here. We're gonna do this till it's right. And I'm never coming back here. Like, will you do it for 60? Go ask him if he'll do it for 60. I'm, I'm here. Like, what's, what's up? She's like, she, she does. Comes back. No, uh, $80. I was like, okay, no, thank you. And I just pleasantly left. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I've been getting tattooed at this point. Um, 
somewhere around 30. And like, I've been getting tattoos for, you know, 14, 15 years. Like, what? What are you talking about? Eighty dollars. It's not an eighty dollar tattoo. I got. I walked into a tattoo parlor in Portland, Oregon, or Vancouver, Washington. I'm not sure which city I was in. They're over a bridge from each other. It was a. It was a trip like nine years ago. So forgive me. Uh, nonetheless, I go. I walk into this tattoo parlor. I'm like, hey, which one of you fine gentlemen want to put a tattoo on this little dime piece ass? I was like twenty six, twenty seven at the time. And they're like, dude, it's like a hundred bucks. I'm like, hundred bucks? Come on, man. I was like, look, look, come on, man. I'm tatted up, man. I know the deal. Like, look, I'm clean. I showered today. Um, like, I'll shave it if you if you need if you need me to. He's like, I was like, come on, man, do it for the shot minimum. I'm gonna tip you out proper. And he's like, okay. And he did it for the shot minimum, which was sixty. He tattooed my ass. It's three initials, and it's like a a small size three three one by three quarter inch like letters. And I'm like, cool. So that situation was, uh, it, there's a long story behind why I got my best friend's initials tattooed on my ass in that fashion. It was just the perfect timing and the perfect place. All things came together, the stars aligned and it, and it happened. But my point of this, <laughs> this situation is the price. So he paid, charged me to shop minimum and I still tipped him like a hundred percent. I think I tipped him 60 on the 60. And if I didn't, I definitely tipped him 40. So that's what I was like, man, why are you tripping over here years later on a little heart tattoo because it requires touch up? Like, nah, like you're not gonna be able to take advantage of me. Like, I know what this is right now. Like, fuck you. So I I'm in Minneapolis. I was in the southern Minneapolis suburbs. I was actually in Dakota County, still barely considered like a Minneapolis suburb. I was in Burnsville. Uh because it couldn't get you like the mini the legit Minneapolis shops. It's, it was it's tough to get in on those. Those are all you know by hourly appointment. There's very few walk-ins, and I wasn't trying to drive through like the city to find that. So I hit the southern burbs where I was. But there's another tattoo shop right around the corner. Walking like, hey man, told the situation, leaving out the previous the previous part of what had just happened to me. I explained to him the tattoo situation. I was like, Hey, what's the shop minimum? Like 50. I'm like, Oh, 50. You say word. Um, can we, you know, my wife, I was like, I want to do this. I want this tattooed on my, my, my girlfriend drew this on me last night. He's like, all right, cool. Bam. Does it dude named Nick like zip, zip in and out. And out. it held, it was cool. It's still there. I'm looking right at it. It needs a touch up, but (laughs) this was a long time ago. A knuckle tattoo. It gets, it gets beat up. I never thought, I never thought a uh, hand tattoo. I got another tattoo on my, my left ring finger. Um, and that's, that one's held pretty tight. That one looks pretty good. It's a single, single squiggly line, basically. But yeah, I'm gonna get this heart touched up. Uh, yeah, I love, stop bumping the mic, dude. I'm a, I'm a tattoo fiend, though. Man, I'm a tattoo fiend. I've been getting tattooed for 20 years, 20 years. And from first needle, from first prick, I was like, ooh, ooh, tickle me. Tickle me, daddy. Take me to a new place. I lean into that pain. You get into getting your your ribs tattooed when it shivers in your guts, when the pain hits your guts because someone's just grinding on your ribs for hours on end, blending colors, blending lines, making shit pop, making it fresh. Like, man, oh, you just breathe. <sighs> Lean in. Take yourself to a 
to there, to the moment. I don't go anywhere. What the fuck y'all thinking about baseball? Shit, I don't know. I'm I'm a weirdo. I love I love tattoos, getting tattooed to a point where I have like I this it's the whole process of getting tattooed that I love almost more than the tattoo. I'm like just tattoo me. I need to feel this. Just tattoo me. Like that's some addict shit. <laughs> like I got I got plenty of tattoos I don't like or would like to have had more time to think about and rework some stuff and I got active plans for when tattoo removal technology gets better like when it gets to like just twice as good as it is now like technology you get there it's, you got got to go to like 10 sessions uh, over like a year or something to get a tattoo properly removed and they shoot this laser and it's kind of this supposedly it's painful like i don't know some people suggest it's as painful as getting the tattoo i don't know about all that but when the technology gets better my ass is gonna go and do half of that treatment get a bunch of stuff lightened up so i can get so to make space just for for new stuff i just need to get it lightened up because i'm gonna go back over it. i don't want nothing removed necessarily i just want other stuff that is similar from maybe the same artists go back like hey man like that let's do something else this time right I'm, i've been thinking about this like we, we you know we, we, i was it was too early too early in my ways to get uh to get these co- to make these commitments you know kind of like when i got married when i was 19 like that was something that was gonna stick like nobody tried to tell me no you know how fucked up that is like i'm incorrigible I'm really encourageable. So if you know you don't directly fucking stand up to me, I'm doing whatever I think is supposed to be right based on whatever the the last elder told me something or that I read somewhere that could have been a, 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 a misprint or, or a lie or, or misread because I speed read and forget things. That just happened to me listening to a podcast the other day. Like I, was, I, 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 mis, I misinterpreted. Uh, what this lady said about uh, babies going from breastfeeding to pacifiers versus babies who go from uh, sucking on bottles to eating soft food. And, uh, well, the, the comparison was breastfeeding to soft foods versus uh, nipple to soft foods and the, the jaw difference from sucking on a real nipple to a, uh, from a bottled nipple like, makes the child jaw more thin and susceptible to like not having your wisdom teeth fit and that's actually what happened to me now that I think about it I was uh I was not a breastfed baby Uh, my mom went she had me and went back to school she had to clock in (laughs) she had to go graduate and shit (laughs) she was she had some shit going on but yeah the binky was in there they were talking about the binky and I miss I misspoke and said the binky had Uh, a problem causing the thin jawline as well and that didn't so i I mishear shit sometimes too and i need to be corrected uh but nobody told me no you know i'm encourageable i'm gonna go with whatever i think is is the right way nobody's really guiding me through this this is my whole my whole damn life like in a nutshell like just uh, leads up to my first marriage as a teenager like what the fuck is wrong with you dude nobody none of some people gave me, you know, when you really look back and think about it, some people gave me, you know, eyes like and suggestions like some of my friends like, you sure you want to get married? Like, OK, I, I, I guess. But there was no like, hey, bro, 
do not do this. And it's interesting because you say like people go, hey, if you could change one moment in your life, what would it be? And it's always somewhat of a difficult situation because like it changes the context of everything that happens thereafter. For me, that exact moment removed from my life changes nothing to to get me to this exact point, putting these out on the airwaves, right? Nothing, like the wheel was already in motion. I'm already in the Air Force. I'm already, like I got, it was, I graduated high school. I had this girlfriend, graduated high school, uh, kicked it for eight months, so eight or nine months with with my girlfriend. So we're together like a year or something like that, year and some change. And she's like a year older than me. She's six months older than me. Uh, I go to Air Force then. Okay. Graduate basic training. Go to tech school. So training for your job. And that's like a six month thing. And she came to visit. I proposed on 4th of July. Um, and then I came home. Then you get to go home for a minute before you go to your first duty station. So it's basic military training. You're getting yelled at. Then you get your specific career field training, and then you get to go home just for a quick little minute. If you want some motherfuckers, you can just go report. Uh, but I went home for 10 days, got married, wedding plan, big booming wedding, 300 people, like not like a go little elope shit all planned out. Like parents were like, yay. <laughs> like, what? um, odd. Like her parents went in debt to pay for this wedding. And it caused like turmoil between my dad and me and my step, like between me and my parents. Like there was issues there. My mom was all excited. Just weird. And it felt weird. The true feeling in my gut in the moment, putting myself in the moment, all the whole thing leading up to it felt wrong. But I, nobody's there to grab me. And that's been the same story since I was a kid. Nobody grabbed me, snatched me up and give me perspective on life. And that's man, it's fucking annoying. It's fucking annoying and to a hurtful, painful or at least those feelings felt along the way intimately, like from the people that are supposed to love the most and have the most in-depth care for. So all just weird, weird traumas, weird traumas, you know, but at the same time, lots of love. Ah, stop bumping the mic. I'm in a new setup, y'all. I told you I moved. I moved everything around. Um, man, I came a, came a long way from talking about the latte. <laughs> I got to get up out of here, man. I want to get this edited. I want to get this out today. Uh, Cause I still got, I got to fix a toilet. I gotta take care of the crib. I got a toilet flapper that seeping water, how your toilet operation works. Fast forward 15 seconds. So your eyes are going to gloss over your toilet. When you flush it, it fills up the toilet bowl where you, you put your fecal matter. Uh, and the, the tank on the back fills up with water. Well, there's a seal in between, and my seal has let up, so it's slow seeping water continuously into the toilet bowl from the back tank. Uh, so it's the, that, in turn, is draining the tank, causing it to fill. So it's just running water all fucking day. This water bill is going to suck this month. It's been going on for like 
it's been a gradual increase for probably like eight days and the last like two or three days it's been real annoying but now i've got a little break in the schedule i get to do some honey do shit fix this fucking toilet that's really what i gotta go do right now but and i can't wait till my sons are a little bit older because they're gonna be helping me do this type of shit all right that's just uh think about parenting and giving your kids perspective so they don't fuck around and get married by 19 oh here post continued script sorry i got got off track uh got married uh turned Went to um, Grand Forks Air Force Base in North Dakota with my new wife. Get a crib. Uh, they shut down our runway. We go to Washington State. They pick up this whole maintenance group. I mean, thousand deep? Nah, we got to be seven fifty deep. They might. Have this, they had to have brought a thousand people over there. They had. We had to have had a thousand people over there. Most of the base. You think about the Air Force. The Air Force is mission is to fly fight and win and that is heavily supported right by aircraft mechanics and all things that support an aircraft mechanic all the tools all the all the everything (laughs) all the little hand carts little stools to be underneath like coveralls you can't imagine the size of like our, our toolboxes if you're not a mechanic Right. It's, it's high level black belt level mechanics and we're fixing shit out there so we pick up support crew for 56 KC-135s fly all all our shit to Washington State and I'm there for a minute uh come back I'm there for like three months come back to North Dakota uh we separate I'm 20 at this point then we're kind of like are we going to work this out or not I go this is all in 2005 all of this is 2005 um I go to, then it's November, I go deploy and come back for four months. Now it's 2006, March, uh, and we get uh, an amicable, uh, uncontested divorce in the state of Minnesota. And that was like the beginning of March and or April. Like, I got back the beginning of March, but I don't know if we did this at the beginning of March or the beginning of April. So 30 days after that, so it was either April or May, like, officially divorced. Like, it was all said and done. The paperwork was cool. I I talked her into um, not, like, because the car, I bought a Cadillac while all the divorce shit was going on because she had my Explorer our explorer but she she nabbed that bitch my parents were co-signers on it so somehow she had that and i i worked it i talked her into flipping like let me have the explorer since my parents names are on it that's what happened and you can have the cadillac and the cadillac was fucked up it had like 200 13, 215,000 miles on it or some shit, 1994, Cadillac DeVille, 12-year-old car at the time, nice whip, my boy Sean has a 95, random vet shout out, Sean O'Donnell, a dude who was with me in Washington, one of the support crews, worked at the tool crib, longtime vet, lived with me for a little bit, Sean's my dude, uh, mad love to him and his, um, but she had the Cadillac, but the Cadillac mileage was like fucked up, like, uh, if you... 
it was a highway car and you drove, I drove it all the time on the freeway back and forth from Grand Forks, North Dakota to Minneapolis. So it looked like you got like 30 miles to the gallon. She's banging this bitch around the city. She's like, the gas mileage keeps going down. Blip, 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 blip. Um, like the my average miles per gallon. Can you come um, grab the car? I'm like, yep. This is the moment I've been waiting on. I was just, because I had all the, I did the legal paperwork where the, both the cars were mine. Like that's how it legally was written in the amicable uncontested divorce. And I, whatever. We signed the paperwork. It was done. So I went and she, I was like, cool. Grabbed the keys from her at work and dipped out. I had my grandpa drop me off at my car and I dipped to fucking North Dakota. I don't know how I got there, where my Explorer was. I don't remember what was going on, but I got both cars back to North Dakota from Minneapolis after that shit and not too short a time. I don't know if my man Stick, maybe that was the time Stick came down. Yeah, that makes sense. Stick came down there with me like, it was twice. Cause it, so it had to have been because he met some of the homies. Random vet shout out to my man Stick. Known him longer than Sean. He's the only one I know longer than Sean as far as uh, my Air Force brothers. Uh, anyways, I'm perspective, man. Perspective. All that, all that year and a half of my life, absolute unavoidable. And that never, that didn't, none of that what happened in my life set me up or put me in a position to that of of anything that happened after like i was doing great things in spite of that so yeah it doesn't save me from my dui years later it doesn't say like doesn't have anything to do with airman of the like uh, any awards i won like yeah just a real weird and and ultimately it found balance within that like these are these are two individuals who do not belong together, should not be together, at least at this moment in either of their lives. There's aren't two people who truly want to be with one another. Let's get these people apart. So that's how that's how that all went down. Uh, and, I, and I think back to that, you know, what did I really take from that? Mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I never really analyzed it, but just bad decision making. Bad decision making for through lack of guidance, though. I'll take accountability for my, you know, all my actions, all you know, choices that I've made throughout my life. You know that were my responsibility, and it, that was absolutely something that was my responsibility. But as per usual, there was not a single elder to lean on. And like my dad was active at that time. He did. He pulled me in on like the wedding day. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? I think, I think he said that. And if he didn't say that with his words, that's what he meant when he wanted to come hang out in a room one-on-one with me. Like he was emotional. Like, And I was just standing there like, you know what? That's probably, probably what his. He's probably like, I was probably, nigga, you going to say something? Nigga, you going to say something? Because I'm good. If you ain't going to say something, I'm, I'm good. And just, and I, and I wasn't good. I wasn't good. Horrible decision. So many people involved. Just family-wise. So many people there. Like, it was a wild, wild situation to have ended up in. And it, things got out of control. 
And ultimately, I was talking to my brother about this. Not this specifically, but this sentiment of you don't want to hurt people's feelings. I popped her cherry. I popped her cherry and felt some sense of obligation to her to not break her heart or something. And uh, stop bumping the mic, dude. So I'm going to have to figure out how I situate these mics and shit. Uh, yeah. So standing up for yourself, going with your gut, but having the the fortitude to do such. You know, I think that's fortitude. That's one of uh, one of heaven's heavenly virtues. One of the seven heavenly virtues, or something like that. Fortitude or bravery to stand up to speak up. I didn't begin speaking up. I didn't feel I had a voice for for till I was a couple decades old, 20, 21 years old, before I ever began to speak up for myself. And it was very important for me to instill in my sons, uh, you can always tell me what you think and what you feel about something. I need you to speak up, say something, say it. Say something. Say it. What What do you feel? How does that make you feel? Hey, does your butt itch? Then we need to go wipe your ass. All right? We're not going to be smelling like shit, you know, giving people stinky palms, you know, because you've been scratching your ass all day and then shaking hands with other little kids and eating food. Like, you ain't going to be scratching your ass. I got to teach you this. All right? But you got to tell me, too. Hey, but I got to let you know that you got to tell me because you don't know what you don't know. And maybe there's pride and maybe there's a kid who doesn't think that they have a voice because they were never given the opportunity to do so, to speak up. We're going here, you know, being put in weird and strange situations from an immediate young age. I'll get into the cult story later when I can really wrap my head around it. It just really popped in my head, even when it was recently talked about. And I've even probably said it in passing, but it was like a clear realization of, wait a minute, I was involved in cult activity as early as I can remember for a very brief time. But it is one of my very first coherent memories in life. Like, oh, yeah, there was some weird, there was some quick little cult shit there for a quick second Um, when it turned and got real cultish. Like it was a church. Right. And then when it turned and got cult started to begin to turn cultish my mom was like fuck off like get the fuck i will be if you come near me or my kid again i'm gonna beat your ass it's kind of what it came down to and um to be real with you my mom wasn't no punk like she she could fight <laughs> my mom my mom she, she probably would whoop that dude's ass for real um interesting but like and then to that's just the beginning and it just goes from there just put in weird situations weird places that you just go with Forever and ever, amen, we're going. And then you get to an age where you're responsible for the decisions, but you don't know how to make the decisions because nobody ever taught you how to make the decisions though that your your voice and your thought matters. So you just kind of roll with wherever we're at, right? So real lack of, of leadership, and, and but then still like making enough decisions to eventually get yourself to a good spot and ba- with a lot of bad decisions mixed in. A lot of bad decisions, but still more good decisions than bad and trying to live a life with more foresight, with as much foresight as possible, which, I mean, in reality, it's none. You cannot have foresight. A meteor could could strike, you know, 
down on, upon us right now. You know, something cause I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at my neighbor's crib, but you know, behind the crib are the mountains. I'm looking at these mountains. Something could come over these mountains right now, or who knows which, what's going to happen with super volcanoes. And we're on a big ass rock flying a million miles an hour through the sky. It's, it, it's wicked and wild, but to try to live in modern day society with as much, you know, foresight based on, based on hindsight, really, but you know, try not to live too reactive of a lifestyle and keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, admire the small things. Take time for the small things. Like, I love the sound of the bats fluttering around when the weather's right. Bats are my shit. Anyways, I'm rambling at this point, y'all. I'm going to get up out of here. I'm going to go. I'm going to go sip this iced latte. Uh, I got a toilet to fix. I just reorganized the basement. And I got four or five trips, uh, things to bring from the basement down to the storage unit downstairs. We call, some might call it the garage. But yeah, yeah, I'm going to get up out of here. Shout out to all my people in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Anybody, anybody left over in Illinois, everybody around the country, and all my homies here in Arizona, all my, all my Air Force brothers, all my other service cousins. Some of my cousins got blown up real publicly recently, real publicly in a real, real dishonorable way. And that's frustrating to me. Uh, the way a lot of things are being handled. But we strive on. Everybody be cool. Check on a vet. And hug your loved ones. Okay. Chill. May I? I can go whenever. Whenever you're ready, man. All right. This song is called There Must Have Been Something in the Water. Feel it when I cannot hear I was speaking to birds and insects Making phone calls to friends I don't see Driving two hours to stand in your shower Hide from all I didn't want to be But all you didn't have answers Just guesses and Jane to succeed I took all I wanted You lost all your berries, babe Sold for the price of a seed mm, I heard you look crazy in the moonlight And in daylight your shadow is clear I heard your voice, it sounds like thunder Oh, I can feel it when I cannot hear There must have been something in the water It's liquor, it's sadness, it's weed 
driving two hours to stand in your shower It's a baptism I really need But, oh, you stole all my clothes, babe There was no good way to be I took all I wanted You lost all your berries I was sold for the price of a seed It sounds like thunder, babe I can feel it When I cannot hear <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>